Now we return you to the test card and some music. Welcome to the Pilot Take 68, a weekly podcast reviewing the pilot episodes of television shows, past and present. He is Jed Shepard. And that guy's Rob Jelly, Rob Jelly the third. High five me, Jed Shepard. Robert Jellyman the third. Indeed I am. We can't London speak of Shire. the first two because uh, legal reasons. Yep. But anyway, uh, are you well, sir? You good? I'm really good, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to talking about these shows. Mm. Never thought I would, we'd be doing a show like this because... It's not really... Are these TV shows? Well, of course they are. The, 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 okay. the, the very very nature of television, the beauty of television, is that it can span off into so many different angles. Okay. We've done dramas, we've done sitcoms, we've done sci-fis. Yeah. Uh, other things that begin with S's as well. Soaps. Sexy shows. Um, sexy shows. We've done... Sex in the City. No, we haven't done we Sex haven't in the City. We haven't done that yet. Maybe it should be on the list. But mm. today we're doing shows where you have um, kind of com- competition okay. involved. Um, so uh, I have got one show to put against your one show this week. Oh, we're, we're flipping the format. Oh, are we though? No, we're not. No, exactly. It's the same format don't, as you used to. Don't confuse people. They'll think, <laughs> oh no, it's all changed. Yeah. I'm going to change my notepad. No, uh, we have notes written down about two different shows. We're going to put them head to head and see which comes out on top. Okay. We're only talking about that pilot episode, the very, very first one. I think it's going to be quite easy. You reckon? Yeah. I think I'm going to win. I, well... So well, because I'm a gentleman, you can go first. Okay, well, historically, I'm I'm way ahead. In, well, in, <laughs> let's not get down to the who said who, what to who. <laughs> Who's winning? Um, well, I think I'm going to beat you this week. And I'm we quite confident. with? I'm going to beat you with Robot Wars. Now, I don't remember this being the theme tune to it. In fairness, I can't recall what the theme tune actually is. Did it ever really have one? I didn't remember the theme song at all. I just thought it was just like clashing robot noises and just people shouting. Yeah. I, I mean, the newer series with Dara O'Brien and Angela Scanlon, they, they've got a great sort of heavy metal industrial sound to no, it. I've not seen that. Have you not? It's very, no. very good. They've rebooted it well. Um, but the original, I, I, for some reason in my head, I had it down that they were... What it, it was built with a, with a great theme tune. I thought I, I don't really? need, yeah, I don't know what it was I in have my no head. It clearly this. was something else. Yeah, but I always imagined it and remember it to having some sort of recognisable theme tune. But it's it's clearly not true. Well, it's yeah, it hasn't really stuck with me now. And I and I just watched this this morning. And I can't remember the theme song at all. So that's <laughs> the important fact, though. Yeah, uh, for those who uh, may think they have seen the pilot mm-hmm. but may have not actually done so. Yeah, uh, this was presented not by. Charles Charles Craig Craig Charles. Craig Charles yeah the other way around um, his it brother it was of course um, by Clarkson Jeremy or Jeremy Clarkson <laughs> as he's otherwise known and he only did the series just the one and then series two to seven this, was this Craig Charles pre Top Gear days as well I believe it, uh, or was it just about the same time it was the same time as Top Gear yeah he he was all over the TV at this stage was he but is like it, is it, this is like the James Corden of 1998 was oh he? yeah he, he's just as annoying, annoying as well um, <laughs> but we've got the we've got the beauty of Philippa Forrester there in all centres of the world because I think she's a great she's just great yeah um, not enough on the screen though 
No, what, like, you, what are you up to now? I feel like, well, yeah, the, um, no, I was talking about the pilot episode of Robot Wars. Oh, right, okay. But, but in general, yeah, I mean, where is she now? What is she doing? I don't know. Well, didn't she start off as like a Blue Peter presenter or something? And mm. then this was a second thing where they were like, wear these leather trousers, love, and you'll do fine. Yeah. Um, and Which she, I think is typical of the time that we're uh, referring yeah. back to here. This is uh, first aired on the 20th of February, 1998. Yes. On BBC Two. BBC Two, yeah. Question mark? No, it's BBC Two. <laughs> um, I doubted myself for a second there. I mean, I've never been a fan of Jeremy Clarkson, but I think both him and Philip Forrester did a real good job of remaining enthusiastic with these people that are not photogenic or they don't look good on screen. And also, they have no, they're not media savvy at all. No. They're just talking to their feet. They're, they, they're not even looking at camera. They're not smiling. They're mumbling. They're not even finishing their sentences properly. And then you've got Philip Offer being all enthusiastic. Yeah, you can do this. What tactics have you got to beat this? And they're like, I don't they, know. They, we'll yeah, we'll see. They do. They, draw, they, they do a very good job of drawing out answers from people who, as you say, rightly say, aren't yeah. trained to camera or microphones. Exactly. They are clearly very intelligent because they are able to build robots. Yeah. Um, varying quality. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, we'll, we'll come to that in a second, but they've obviously got a certain part of their brain which is working incredibly well, yeah. but the being good in front of a camera and microphone, not so much. So the concept of Robot Wars is um, a bunch of friends or colleagues or, or just acquaintances get together, build a robot, put it on TV, fight other people with other robots yeah um and these robots are they, they, they vary in size but usually from a size of a shoebox all the way up to three shoeboxes together really yeah small fridge sometimes yeah exactly some of them do come out pretty big in fairness exactly and there's um, essentially two rooms one is the room where they fight in the other room is the kind of backstage room where they kind of fix it up and do the last minute touches and this is backstage room that philip forrester um, holds domain over and asks them questions about their tactics and how they made it, etc. Um, so you get two sides of it. The front side is Jeremy Clarkson and the back side is Philip Forrester. <laughs> I don't know You didn't why. mean, you didn't mean that didn't sentence mean the way it that, sounded, did no. you? Um, and the staple um, voice that you hear, uh, very recognisable if you've ever watched anything like football on the telly Jonathan yeah. Pierce, yeah uh, who is still to this day the voice of the show and I love and that he's so enthusiastic he, he really adds to it he leads the way when it comes to being the faceless voice of a show we've got so many <laughs> shows no 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 you look, at, going, look yeah. at all the shows we've got on television today the likes of Big Brother the likes of Love Island yeah. Come Dine With Me all these shows we've got on the television today that come with the faceless voice <laughs> who narrate and kind of commentate on what's happening yeah they owe everything in my opinion to Jonathan Pierce being the voice of Robot Wars yep, yep. Um, the way he has this sort of um, kind of geeing everyone up voice when he's introducing the robots to the arena to the you know basically ribbing them when they're terrible but yeah. he does it with such a, an enthusiasm and a warmth that you can't help but feel like he's your mate he's just yeah. giving you a little bit of stick it's fine and it can't be easy commentating about these robots that people have cobbled together these amateurs have cobbled together in their sheds fighting each other and to be honest I know this is episode one some of these robots are dire I could put together a robot <laughs> in five minutes with like a spanner and a flipping fish egg <laughs> I don't know why I said that but like some of these are real dire it's like you've had all the time in the world to kind of think up a robot 
and you've made a crap robot. Well, if you actually look at some of because they, they introduce it to the teams, they, you know, the personnel and such, they're, they're much more about the people nowadays in the newer series, but that's, that's how the show's clearly evolved over time. But you do get to meet them, you do get to, get to find out what they do for a living, because some of them... How do they audition these people? So three guys, three of them built one of the robots, and I can't yeah. remember which one they were, they all work for Rolls-Royce. So they're all engineers. Yeah. So they're clearly going to have much more experience and, and savvy as to, you know, what takes a good build but before the electronics. True, true. You know, just the, the, the sturdiness of a, of a car in like a Rolls Royce. But did you notice the problem with them was, yeah, they, they, they knew how to put something together, but they couldn't were, drive it for a toffee. No, they couldn't. Their, no. their, their hand-eye coordination, they gave it to the oldest guy there. He looked like he was on death row. <laughs> And, and like his, they kept on messing up because he was just driving off ramps and stuff and it was just like no and then you've got these kids who look about like 12 years old like they've just escaped from detention who, who could do drive things between slaloms it was, it's, it's, it's crazy but the I mix think, of people they've got here but yeah I think that was interesting and I, I think they still do have a really good mix of people on the show even to this day now they, they've clearly allowed a vast range of people to come on the show yeah. and give it a go I mean, I'm sure the auditioning process was a lot better now. Now it's a known quantity, and, yeah, and it's sure. inspired people to to make stuff. But when this first episode came out, I was impressed by some of them, though. I got to be honest. Yeah. some of them were awful. Right, okay, but some of them clearly had the right, you know, the right sort of knowledge. Like the the um, uh, the one that's the road road close sign. That was good. Right? And, and low, that, that low, shape. Yeah, low centre of gravity. Cheese. Low centre of gravity, so yeah. you can get underneath the other robots. Yeah. Uh, the back was curved and protected. All the yeah. wheels were covered up, so there was no exposure of wheels getting jammed up or anything yeah. tangled in them. And a little sort of circular blade on the back. Very simple. What was but, that? That was called a road... Um, roadblock. Roadblock, yeah, yeah. It's called roadblock, I think. Um, you know, and, I, and some of them clearly had some savvy about the design of yeah. the robot. Now... If you've watched any of the new ones, you'll know how much they've grown in size and strength and power and speed and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But that's only because, number one, we're talking about something that's 20 years ago. In 1998, the, the sort of resources you would have had at your disposal without raising too many eyebrows yeah. would have been limited to, to a certain level. Yeah. Um, nowadays, you can get hold of a lot more sort of stuff on the internet. Which walk into Maplin, ready-made robot well, right there. Because they've closed down our yeah, IP Maplin. Um but it goes to show the sort of evolution of this show and the reason why it's still going today and they've been able to evolve it and keep it sort of relevant yeah. um, 20 years on. The show itself uh, from this pilot episode to the current day has changed as well. So this is what you told me because I, I, I stopped watching it years ago and I, I thought this was always a format. That, no. Okay, so, so what it, happens? This was, and I can't work out where the moment was where they changed it i think at some point with craig charles they changed the format into just a head-to-head fight to the death okay um but it started out with two rounds of elimination yeah where there were tasks there were sort of um obstacle course was was an an obstacle course a gauntlet Mm-hmm. Um, where you had to choose, you had to get off a spinning, uh, rotating circle. It's basically gladiators, robots. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. gladiators, robots, and you have to choose your route. You can pick any one of the three. One takes you slightly longer. One's a bit more treacherous. The other one's like basically all the house robots. Fighting the robots, yeah. Uh, and fire and spikes and, and death. So it's up to you. you. You take your pick. So there's an element of skill, decision-making, good driving, maybe a little bit of fighting as well to get through. Yeah. And they've got to get to the other end. And if they can't get to the other end, just get as far to the other end as possible. Yeah. Um, this eliminates one team. 
Next round is a sumo round where they go up against one of the house robots specifically called Shunt. Yes. Um, Shunt is a massive, great big beast of a thing with a sort of snowplow on one side and a very big axe on the other side. Yeah. Um, and has got a serious amount of torque and weight behind it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sumo against something like that is going to be yeah. pretty uh, unsuccessful for most, but few of them proved otherwise. Again, this is down to this bit, bit of skill bit of good design on their part in you know building a robot that can withstand that sort of thing others terrible mm-hmm. utterly terrible yeah but another one eliminated so you have this sort of gauntlet round sumo round and then you get to the fighting yeah. which is i think what we all really want from robot wars yeah. the clues in the name we want fighting we yeah. want one-on-one fighting smashing and smashing and more smashing and and, and the 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 kind of fighting element is basically the same rules as you get in a, a like a, a karate match or a sumo match you have to either fight them to the death or you have to get them outside the circle yep um so there's a set arena where yeah. you can fight within and within this arena there are certain obstacles is probably the right word for it i guess yeah. um hazards might be the other words well, you, use. you've definitely got a big advantage if you are a slice of cheese shaped because low center of gravity really difficult for people to get under your wheels to pick you up yeah um and you can just shove people off yeah. um and i think that shape people learn quite quickly throughout the series or, or robot wars that's the shape you need yeah maybe if you had some kind of like like a pickaxe to it then you've, you've got a bonus but um I, I feel like towards the later series that i watched all of them were like that shapes i mean there are some really really fierce robots that don't have that sort of cheese shape to them yeah. uh, in the last in the like most recent oh, series. really okay. yeah one that springs to mind straight away carbide which has a rotating blade Wait, at the front. i thought i was geeky you are it rotates at the front and it goes at like six thousand rpm and it destroys things and i mean destroys things it took out the bulletproof glass around the arena kidding me no i'm serious if you watch some of the latest, the last series of robot wars they physically destroyed the arena they took a light out 20 feet above the arena at one point because at one point during this series the, the flipping spinning blade came off yeah. right and went up in the air yep. i was like that's killed someone in the audience yeah that. yeah well there was because there, in the new series obviously where the robots have got bigger and stronger and faster and so on and so forth yeah. they have reinforced the arena have they covered but, the whole thing because yeah, it's the dangerous. entire thing okay, now good. right is completely enclosed within an enclosed box so it's two boxes right 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 right. right. i was gonna say because i thought someone would have died from in the that last blade series spinning. they have taken out a part of the metal wall right that forms the actual the bit that joins the floor yeah they've destroyed that yeah uh they have put uh, a blade through one of the bulletproof uh, screens wow. and it's gone to the second screen if it had gone through that it had killed an audience member yeah. no doubt about it uh, they've taken lights out on the ceiling because the thing is that it's got to the point now where they're so strong and heavy yeah yeah I think one just of the, the guys the torque is just yeah and one of the guys had like a 19 kilo bar which spins at the front wow now that comes off and goes at any speed you're going to know about it yeah 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 um, now don't get me wrong back on this pilot episode they're, they're not quite at that level yet because they're, they're brand new you know ultimately yeah. um, the people who've built the house robots which I'll come to in a second are very experienced roboteers yeah, they've got yeah. three judges on the panel mm-hmm. who are very experienced in robotics and in engineering electronics and things like that and they come into play yeah. uh, if a if an event goes to a dead heat so if there's a decision to make between two robots they both last the, the round uh, they decide based on um, aggression skill control um, and something else I can't remember um, but I, I, can't, I can't remember I, well I didn't until it happened I didn't remember that the house robots were missing a certain character who's become basically the number one 
house robot. So Killalot kill yeah. Yeah, so yeah. kill isn't in the first series. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't uh, they, I thought he was I forgot there. about Sergeant Bash. Yeah, Sergeant Bash. I forgot about Sergeant Bash. But I felt like the house robots were rubbish. That one that 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 one that um uh, the breathed fire was I rub- think that's Sergeant Bash. He was rubbish. Yeah, I didn't do anything. I, I think that's why he went. Why, why are you blowing flames onto a metal? Yeah, if they're covered in like fur, like one of them was, yeah. fair enough. But if you're blowing it onto something that's made of metal, you're not going to make much of a dent if they f- go through it for like five seconds. No. Um, and like I don't know. It's... Well, I, th- I think the point is, is that it's a very early stage. There is a uh, six episodes uh, in this first series. Yeah, they're testing out a, a, an yeah, idea. It's Thirty-six competitors across six episodes, so you get the. Uh, each episode, you get six of them play it off against each other, and for a place in the grand final. Um, so that's how the series kind of works itself out. And I think probably what you'll find is over the few episodes, the house robots will get a bit better. Um, they'll get a bit more aggressive, perhaps. Yeah. As well, but ultimately, it's not really about them. It's about the guys and girls who've built robots from scratch to yeah, come yeah, on this yeah. show and see if they've got what it takes to beat everyone else. Well, I I remember the BBC went full. I mean, I think it was a surprise hit because I remember everyone watching this, and then they started releasing toys of it or the house robots. And then even like I don't know how long it lasted for, but I remember for years and years and years there being like toys of various different like uh, robots and also like robot kits you can buy um so it's probably good good money spinner for, for the bbc uh, and i think because of the popularity of red dwarf and the bbc at the time they were like okay clarkson's popular but craig charles is probably more popular to the audience we want to kind of Amen. hit yeah um so when craig charles took over se- season two um that's when i was really into this into well, it kind of feels like um like the bbc do this a lot um like many Venice, many broadcasters do, they will, they will go with the guy or the girl who is the big flavour of the month to start a new show. So if you're, relaun- if you're starting a brand new show from scratch or yeah. you're relaunching a show, you're re- uh, reinventing it, for ha- perhaps, you'll go with a big, big name just yeah. to draw some initial figures in and see how it goes. It might work. It, so might, the, not, it might not be are ideal. Are you saying that the BBC Example, gets rid of the kind of old dinosaur and replaces them with a new, cool version? Yeah. Does that mean I'm taking over your show? Absolutely. (laughs) I'm joking. Um, Okay. So another example, and actually using Jeremy Clarkson as a good one here, Top Gear. When they re-brought back Top Gear after Jeremy left BBC. Oh, they messed that up. Chris Evans. But Chris Evans was a big name. I mean, he is a big name. And bringing him in with Matt LeBlanc was a great idea because it gave people a chance to come in and just sort of like anyone anyone who's a fan of his Radio 2 show was going to tune in for a few episodes. Okay. Naturally. Job done. Is this all going? So he, he doesn't do it anymore. So right. he, here's my point. He came in, did a series, and then walked away. And then Matt LeBlanc took over to lead. Okay. As a kind of new kid on the block. Now he's, right. in fairness, he's now stepped down because his commitments... And, what a mess. Well, his commitments in America as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, means he, he can't can't keep flying back and forth. It's just basically a time impossible. Um, he needs to get one of the time machines we talked about last week in, in um, Timeless. Timeless. Yeah. Um, so... So he presents it now. Well, I don't know. I mean, the Chris and Rory with the two other because they, they they reinvented that in a really weird way. They had about nine presenters. Yeah, they must have spent an absolute fortune on getting them all. But it doesn't matter. The point is, I think sometimes what they do is when you've got this new show, you go with a big name to draw in the initial crowd, and then you go, you know, who actually would be better at this? Hmm. And then they slip this new guy or new girl in, and they take over, and they and they make it their own. And let's be honest, if people. If you say robot balls to most people, they will go Craig Charles. You know yeah. what I mean? They they just know it. 
That's and why to be him. Which is why, why I think it was such a surprise when I went, Blimey, Jeremy Clarkson did the first series. No, I didn't even know originally. What's even more surprising is when they brought it back this time, they didn't ask Craig Charles. Craig Charles, who is currently on a big show, on still on Red Dwarf. And they brought Daro Breen in. I'm like, Craig Charles is bigger than Daro Breen, surely. Um and I would have liked to see Philippa Forrester come back. Oh, hell yeah. She'd have been amazing at it. Yeah. Because she got it. She obviously went straight into the first episode, yeah. pilot episode, first series. She understood Smashed the, out of the park. She, she understood yeah. the concept of the show. Mm-hmm. And I think she could have made that her own, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. She stayed, with, she stayed with Craig Charles, though, didn't she? And, she did, yeah, yeah. And, throughout and, and, So through it. seasons two to seven. Yeah. Um, I can't remember when they finished. I think 2003? Yeah, she came back into the few... Like related things, yeah, because it was side ones called like Robot Wars Extreme, yeah, yeah. She was on that, but like, I don't think it was Craig Charles, it was someone else, right? Or was it Craig Charles? No, I think you're right, I think it was someone else. Okay, I can't remember it being Craig Charles. Um, so I mean, the house robots to go back to them briefly. Um, you had Shunt, you had Matilda, which is very much like a Matilda, yeah. Um, she's uh, a kind of prehistoric dinosaur robot thing, um, and still, still around today, as is Shunt, um, and as is Dead Metal. Yeah, um, which is a kind of scorpion spider sort of thing. Um, That's the one that's scary. Just, just the power of that yeah. kind of spike. I just, just kind of clip claws him in, and then just like circular saws straight down the yeah. middle. Yeah, I mean that. I I sometimes think, even in this like latest you know reinvention of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The house robots should go to town on these people. I wish they did. Like, I wish they did. Part of me just, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've seen a few of them where, yeah. like, um, Sir Curlilot's got a, a clamp, an arm clamp, yeah, yeah, so yeah. he can literally pick them up off the floor and it's yeah. able to pick up like about a ton. When they team up, are you going to say? Yeah, and then no, no, <laughs> he spins round on the spot and then launches it, throws <laughs> yeah, it across yeah, yeah. the arena. You think, that weighs like 120 kilos. Yeah, That's yeah. like nearly two of me. And, you- <laughs> and he's just launched it across the. I mean, you think. That's what I want to see. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. As much as I know, these people have spent years and thousands of pounds developing these robots. Yeah, you went in there knowing full well this could happen. Yeah, exactly. I want to see them smashed to smithereens. That's what I want to see. And, and you reminded me what I loved about this episode, especially, is so the kind of final came down to like these kind of older guys um, who in, obviously studied engineering against these kids. Yep. And the kids absolutely smashed them, knocked them out of the park. And then the better interview... Better design robot, though. As we, we, yeah. as we said, best design robot won. And in, and when they interviewed the kids at the end, um, and this episode was edited very strangely, by the way. Um, when they interviewed the kids at the end, the kids was just like, yeah, they were really cocky and we smashed them in like in seconds. <laughs> and then Jeremy Clarkson, see you next week. And that was it. And it just ended. I was like, hang yeah. on, is there no like, proper conclusion? Um and I think that probably gets a bit better as as the weeks go on. It probably gets a little bit more fine-tuned. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, yeah. to be honest with you, the start of it was really good because, bearing in mind, you're talking about a brand new show. No one's I ever seen yeah. anything like it before. I think it was very well introduced. I really like Jeremy Clarkson in this. I don't mind saying this he out loud. He is much better in this than he, he is in Top He comes Gear. across so warm. Likeable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was the first episode, so he had to try. And he was trying to do something this besides Top Gear. very early Top days, Gear. Jeremy Clarkson's TV yeah. career. So when he probably got the opportunity to do this, he was like, okay, something different. I'm not going to be known as the, as the car guy the whole time. Yeah. Um, but I was imp- I was impressed with Jeremy Clarkson, and I, I hate saying that, really. Um, 
But um, Philippa Forrester was also awesome. Yeah. She made it And me. Jonathan Pierce makes the show as much as, as the other two do yeah. in Jeremy and Philippa and, and then even later on Craig Charles as well. I have a question. Go on. Would you watch the next episode based on this first episode? Now. I'm not talking about then. Now. Um. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, I would. I'd put it on in the background, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm I, not like I wouldn't rush. dying to watch I it. I wouldn't yeah. rush. Yeah, but I would. I think. I think the beauty of this show is is that it is quite a short show in itself. That you only have to watch six to eight episodes to find a conclusion of who's the best that year. It's kind mm. of like yeah, yeah. this year. It's, it's almost like the World Championships of Robot Wars, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's like the whole world coming together. Like these are all the best robots. They're competing. Who's going to be the best one? And it's kind of nice to sort of look at one week and go, "Well, that's definitely the best robot in this week." And then you go to the next week and you're like, that's yeah. definitely the best robot here. Would it beat that one? Do you know yeah. if every series was only six episodes? I'm sure they last the for same. No, really? Okay. Not, not too dissimilar okay. from what I remember. That's the whole BBC thing. Always do six episodes. Yeah, well, I think it was eight because I think it was six qualifying ones and then you got the two a semi-final Semi- episode and a, final, and a right. final. Yeah, okay. But they're all filmed in the space of about three days, four days. Makes like sense. a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, even the new series is filmed within a short, very yeah. short space of time and then obviously they're just broadcast over yeah. uh, six to eight weeks from onwards. Um, I really enjoyed this. I love yeah. Robot Wars. I don't think you realise how much I enjoy it. I, I didn't realise, no. Well, I'm a big fan. Well, I've always wanted to build a robot to well, go on the thing it. is, like, I, was, I was saying, like, if I built a robot, I, I could smash all, all the robots we saw on that show... I could smash very easily with a robot that I build in like fucking 10 sorry for swearing but a robot I could build in 10 seconds <laughs> I don't know I think it's harder than you think I, th- I think I think it's harder to build a really tough mean machine robot if honestly if I had a remote control car right. some sellotape and a, and a couple of pencils I'd build a robot that would smash any robot we saw there and I'd, if you built a robot, I'd smash that too. Are you saying, are you challenging me to a robot wall right here, right now? Well, we can try with the things we have lying around if you want. To the car park! <laughs> okay, okay. Well, what we'll do is, as an addendum to this show, um, we will, if we manage to get it together, yeah. stay till after the credits, and we'll have uh, a Rob Jelly and Jed Shepard robot wars. Out in the car park yeah. on the side of the River Thames. Okay, let's do it. It's on. At the end of this podcast, it will happen. Okay. All right? and, uh, just I do be- have remote control cars here, by the way. Do you do? Yes, I do. It, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're this not backing... This is a post-pop HQ. I've got everything. I'm glad you're not backing out this, Jed <laughs> I don't want you being okay. a chicken now. Uh, and just before we go to that I'm fight out in the you, car the park... Okay, you yeah. Say, you're all talking our trousers. <laughs> okay. Uh, we will give you the score as to what we think of Robot Wars, the pilot episode. Okay, yeah. But right now, I think it's probably time we move on to the other show that we were watching this week. Um... And it's another kind of competition show, but not the public, at least. Yeah. Uh, this is a sort of more famous bods mm-hmm. uh, competition show, and it's more of a chat show kind of theme than a physical challenging thing. Um, it is the very first episode of QI. Ha <laughs> 
<laughs> I love this theme tune. It is a good I theme song. I don't know why I've not turned this into a ringtone yet. But I mean, it's like, how did they come up with this theme song? How, how did they think, okay, we need something for a quizzy type show. It's going to be fun, Let's, yeah. but also sm- sound smart as well. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is about learning stuff, facts and, and busting myths a little bit as well yeah. with some, some sort of the questions. I know what we should have. Relax reggae. <laughs> Relax reggae. Yeah, oh, it's reggae on hold. Yeah, it is. It's like on hold for a reggae hotline. It's if you're calling up a like a Jamaican food shop, that's what it'll be. You are on hold with Jamaican Patty Line. Rob's in the groove now. You can't get him out of it. Once he's in that groove, you're not getting Rob Jelly out of it. Um, my my first reaction to seeing this first episode again yep. is uh, uh, obviously uh, you've got the host, you've got Stephen um, Fry. Fry, that's right. He look looking young. He's looking young, skinny, um, and just how bloody likable he is. Like, yeah, and surprisingly, you look at him and you look at how young he looks. Yeah, and you look at what he's wearing. You yeah. think, well, this is definitely like early nineties. Oh no, 2003. Is it really? 2003. Okay. Yeah. And also my, my second impression of just seeing this is straight away, it's quite vulgar. Like, yeah. I, I, I didn't realise, like you're watching QI now, it's yeah. like nice and light, and he talks about blah, blah, blah. I don't know, some of it's a bit naughty and all. But like, this is like, immediately, <laughs> they're talking about very sexual things, sexual um, body things and I'm just like the, I don't remember it ever being like this no and it just continued throughout the whole episode I was like I, wow I know this is on quite late this is on past the watershed um, okay now yeah I think it was on even later when it first aired because obviously this was a first show this right. wasn't this hadn't didn't have a gravitas of the show that it has now yeah you 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 know, this show is very, very well loved and well renowned. Yeah, in my mind, it's family uh, friendly now. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think it's very slightly tweaked itself to become right. a little bit more accessible. It's still nine o'clock. It's still post watershed. Yeah. However, I think, and I don't quote me on this, I might be wrong. I think this first aired at like ten p.m. So I think this that is, makes sense. Yeah. I think this is a little bit later still than what it is currently now, and obviously it's being now more of a prime time slot as well, at least because it's it's QI at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but as you say, it starts out, it's because it's, 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 it's kind of a panel show, I guess. Um, it's very much straight into the title sequence, into the intro theme music. Yeah. Um, sounds smart, but fun as well. Uh, Stephen Fry is the host, and he has a panel of four, uh, and they're all kind of playing against each other. Really, it's not a yep. it's not a two versus two thing. It's a kind of all for all, you know, all for one, one for all type thing. Yeah. Um, and your first four panelists on the show yep. are Danny Baker, John Sessions, Hugh Laurie, and Alan Davies. An absolutely brilliant first episode. Great. Like, all of these people. It's great. I mean, just the fact you've seen Hugh Laurie next to Stephen Fry on the same show again is just brilliant. Wonderful. Yeah. And, I mean, John Sessions, like, I, I know him mostly from his time on, um, um, what's the, what's the, what's the uh, show where, oh, how, whose lines it anyway? Yes. He's, he's done a lot of that. He's done, done a lot of panel shows. I know he's a theatre actor and comedian stuff. Um, it underrated. Does a lot of impre- yeah, he does a lot of impressions. His impressions are really good. Very underrated is John Sessions. Liked him a lot on this. Danny Baker's very likable. Love Danny um, Baker. Yeah. And Alan Davis, who becomes a regular yeah. uh, panellist on the show. He's there every week, like Stephen Fry is, and, and now Sandy Toxvig. Uh, and the other three people change. Uh, I've got a question. I've got a quiz question yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to throw in right now. You can, okay. take, you can take the next 15, 20 is minutes. Is the answer beginning with A? Huh? No. Okay. 
who has had the most appearances on QI since its inception outside of the host and Alan Davies? You can have a think about it and I'll come back to that in a minute. I can, I can already tell you. I can already think of someone who I, when I turn on, is always, always on. on it. Is it Phil Jupiter's? <gasps> no, it's not Phil Jupiter's. I think he has about 28 episodes where he's in. So, no. Quite a long way down the list, actually, Phil Jupiter's. Really? Okay. He's not, he's not in the top five, I can tell you that much. Well, I feel like before Sally Togswick was host, she was on it quite a lot as well. Not that much. Okay. Under 20. John Sessions then? Nope. I give up. I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. Um, but yeah, actually, interesting you say about the A thing, because the first series was series A, not series one. Yeah. Um, because the first series was all about the letter A. So every yeah. week there well, was, a, th- was yeah. a theme around the sort of letter A, and they picked a, a theme for each episode itself. And the first episode of the thing, they went for Adam, as in Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and lots of stuff about the creation of the world. Um, and I guess the show in itself is, is kind of designed to be a kind of learning tool, yeah. uh, which is one of the main points of the BBC they love to make stuff that you that educates you and informs you as well as makes you laugh as well um, so this ticks quite a few boxes for the BBC it was a very successful show straight off the bat and, yeah. and continues to be to this day um, and they and then quite interesting QI quite interesting clever play on the IQ intelligence yeah quite interesting so you get gifted points not just for being right but yeah. for being interesting as well, if you've got an interesting tale or a fact that spins off from something we're talking about, then you can get granted yeah. other points as well. And but, it's kind of, you know, an open forum to shout. And Yeah. But also the point system is very arbitrary. It doesn't actually matter. No. There are some people who you see on this show who are really playing for points. Oh, and yeah. you don't actually get it. It's just like, no, it, no, it doesn't matter. But people yep. actually want the points. Um, and I love, this is why I love Alan Davis. Is, and this is, I mean, obviously people love him from uh, Jonathan Creek, but this is where he, he gets the another side of his personality and where he yeah. kind of grew into the Alan Davies we all know and like is like a national treasure now, basically. Yeah. Um, and he and Stephen clearly know each other very well exactly. as friends. So it's nice you've got that rapport yeah. w- between the two of them. And it's, like, it's nice. It's kind of like a co-host without being it's true, a co-host. Yeah. It is really good. And even though obviously Alan Davis is an intelligent guy, he, he is playing the butt of the joke because Stephen Fry is hyper-intelligent. There has to be... He's a straight guy, so yeah. to say, so to speak. And then you've got Alan Davies as the kind of comedy one. Um, and it just works perfectly. It's probably the best co-hosting situation on a TV show that yeah. I can think of. And often with the questions, there is the obvious answer, yeah. which is what we've all begun to you know learn as being the fact or the truth. Uh, and, and where in actual fact, that is not the truth. The answer is something else. So. Yeah. You will have lots of phrases and turns of, and answers where a klaxon goes off. Yeah. And, and did you notice in this first episode, they didn't have the words flashing on the screen when you get the no. opposite. Just Stephen, just Stephen Fry just turned over a card, card which, was, yeah. which was good. But again, it goes to show how they evolved the show into using the technology they had. But actually, yeah. if you notice the first episode, I mean, it's... Very similar to how it, it's always it, been, it's yeah. It's almost identical to what we currently have on the television today in, uh, in series... Oh, yeah, they uh, barely you, changed the format. It, yeah, it's, I would say it was probably not even changed at all. You yeah. open up with a little sort of um, kind of freestyle intro from mm-hmm. from the host, yeah. um, tell you a few facts about things, then they introduce you the guests at the ho- at the, the the panel um, and their and their buzzers, yeah. which are themes now. So the sound effects change depending on the theme of the show, um, and then they get into the the show. Really, they ask questions. Um, I was looking a bit of the. The production side of things of this show, yeah. because having been in an audience for uh, a couple of chat shows before, I wondered how Stop this one off. worked. But they ask about twenty 
questions per recording. Okay. And only about half, if eight, the ones that get the make best actually, answers. Actually, well, yeah. not even make the cut because there's a time constraint. It's only a half an hour show, um, but they film a few in a row yeah. back to back. Um, I found that really interesting as well. Uh, it's it's it's. I've got a couple of things I want to sort of pull up on though. Um, Can I, f- I just quickly have a guess at the, at the guest that's been on, on long? Joe Brand. No. Okay. She's one of the top though. She's okay. one of the top ones. She seems to be always being on it. Yeah, she's not. She's not the top one though. Yeah. Um, it's quite highbrow. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes and, it's real lowbrow. And, well, yeah, but it, but it. Yeah. It comes across as a little bit pompous. Okay. Five white males. Okay. On a BBC Two show. Yeah. Early two thousands. Mm-hmm. That was normal little, back then. Yeah, it was normal for sure. Um, and it just seemed like uh, just a little bit of kind of middle class yeah. snobbery going on, a little bit. And, that, bit, yeah. and I'm not putting any of that on one particular person. It just felt that the show was a little bit like that. And I feel like you now are right. it's Besides much fact, more much more accessible. I think Danny Baker being there kind of offsets it a little bit. Because yeah. he's like a man of the people. Yeah. Um, and I cannot recommend reading his books enough, by the way. His autobiographies Danny are Baker. incredible. I actually... I finished had... part two on my holiday a few weeks back. Yeah, I, I used to read his three. stuff. It's, yeah. he's ama- I love Danny Baker a bit. Yeah. I think Alan Davies, yes, I know he's very much of that similar ilk to the Stephen Fry's and the Hugh Laurie's of the world, but he's not quite as much. But I think you're right, that Danny Baker edition kind of just brings it down to reality enough. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it, just, it stood out a little bit for I, me. I, I noticed, really noticed it. it for me. Personally, I noticed it, Okay. and it's a little bit of a quip, but... Not too much. I mean, anything with Stephen Fry in it, and it's going to be feel a little bit highbrow, even though they're just talking about facts, just general facts mm. in the world. Um, I thought the facts that they mentioned were... It just felt very BBC. Yeah. And you, that's coming from someone who works for him. And I say, I love working for him. I don't say that you're, because... You're dissing them right now. I don't know. Yeah, but, but <laughs> because it, it, it can feel very typically BBC. Yeah. Um so sometimes a bit of ideas above the station type thing, and and was QI previously a radio show before before it was a TV oh, show? Don't think so. It feels like it could be like one of those radio four panel shows. Yeah, might uh, have been. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see anything on that when okay. I looked it up. But um, it's really well produced. This show. Yeah. But in this first one, you can see the the sort of. Trying to work it out, yeah, of course. Like there's a, just with the, you know, there's the occasional sort of one liner from Stephen, which kind of notates the end of that particular little segment, as it gives him the chance to pan out with the camera, yeah. play the little ident, and then we come back in and we do some others. A good place to do some joins. I thought Stephen's intro was way too long. I know we can talk, but like <laughs> his intro yeah, went on. We're not being paid the money. He's being paid. That's true. His intro was way longer than it than it used to it is now. Like he went he'd done quote after quote after quote. I was like, "All right, Stephen, mate." Yeah, really. Like, exactly. Calm down. Yeah, again, like I think it's because the whole, um, I even actually Alan Davies as well. Like you know, he's sort of saying right at the start that I'll award you points if you're quite interesting. Yeah. And Alan's kind of deliberately trying to get extra volunteering points, points yeah, volunteering yeah. up the yeah. facts that he knows about things. You know, did you know that Kiwi uses more uh, more weight in aviation fuel to get from New Zealand to Europe than it actually weighs itself? Yeah. And you're thinking that is totally irrelevant, Alan. A brilliant fact because even I've remembered that two <laughs> days later and can recall it without a note yeah. written down. 
That is quite an interesting fact. It is an interesting fact, isn't it? It takes more weight of aviation fuel to fly a Kiwi from New Zealand to Europe than it actually weighs itself, which is a fantastic fact. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, this... A little bit too forced at times, but understandably, you've got a panel show in front of a studio audience which nobody really knows how it's going to be. And ultimately, as you say, you're you're sort of recording for an hour to edit it down to half an hour. So it doesn't really matter if you do stuff that doesn't work because you just take it out. I I think this is uh, it's a good format, and it's a format that's obviously lasted throughout the ages. It's all, and but you're very dependent on the guests that you get. If you if you have a guest that isn't really into it or just doesn't understand it, like for instance, you get some panel shows where they have one token guest who's like from a reality TV show. Yeah, you wouldn't really get that on QI because you have to be you have to participate. You can't. You have to be relatively knowledgeable to be on this. So you, you always are going to get the type of people who are relatively well-educated. Do you know who I, do you know who I thought, used to think was a passive participant in this quite a lot until I watched a few episodes with him in it? Who? Rich Hall. Oh, Rich Hall's great, man. I, yeah, he is. But yeah. the first time I saw him in an episode, which was a totally random episode yeah. somewhere from whichever season, I just sat there watching him thinking, you don't want to be here. That's the, I think that's his vibe. But then when he speaks, he's like, "How the hell do you know that?" Yeah, <laughs> and, and I I do really like Ritual. I think yeah. he's very very funny, and he's also very very smart. Talking of the very smart fact um, on this show, you talking about lots, me again? I am going to say okay, something. okay. I have heard the same rumor that most people have heard about oh, this show. Oh, okay, phew. Okay, not about you, not about <laughs> you, mate. I haven't told anyone. <sighs> okay, good. Secret safe. Yeah, I put my pants on. Yeah, yeah. People always say that the answers are fed to the guests. And that they see the questions beforehand. Interesting. However, ideas, relentlessly, right. I looked for as many sources I could find that would say one way or the other. And the researchers mm. and producers of the show are adamant. And I yeah. think you have to take the word. When, you, when In this day and age as well, you'd be found out too quickly. They are adamant that nobody sees the questions. Not even Stephen Fry until about an hour before Stephen gets the questions. Right. So, so not, then, even, not even he has like two or three days to prep anything. Yeah. He only gets like an hour or two with them. And apparently, there is only one guest that won't come on the show unless they see the questions. And, and, no, and nobody's ever named them. Well, like, I did tell them to keep it quiet. But um, <laughs> the I think I know where that's come from because um, there and are I very- like that because it, te- it it means it's more natural, more sporadic. Well, I think I don't know where that's come from. That's come from a the fact that some of the questions that they they have in these or. So, come from the book they have various different qi books and i think they volunteered themselves that some of the uh, questions have come straight from the book so if they've read the books then they kind of know the answers and i think i remember one episode where Anne davis was like yeah i remember this from the book um yeah and, so, and there's facts from other shows like once you get down the line of like five six seven eight nine ten series yeah you're gonna have stuff come back up again that was linked to something in a previous episode and yeah, if you're yeah. if you're attentive enough You'll absorb that sort of thing. True, true. Um, I just think that overall this is not something that I would say I would want to watch the next episode for. I would I would want to watch a more recent episode. Any episode. Yeah, because you don't, it doesn't matter what order you watch it in. No. So it's quite the, the rare thing where you don't need to watch it in order, but you do want to watch it again in some kind of order. Yeah, I think it's very easy to watch. It's a very easy show to watch. There's not a lot of... Despite it being quite a... A sort of intellectual show you don't yeah. doesn't require a lot of brain power to take it in you yeah. can just kind of watch it quite passively yeah uh 
Stephen Fry uh, presented uh, seasons one to thirteen or A to M, yeah, and then uh, announced he would step down from the the desk at the start of season M, yeah. and that Sandy Toxvig would be taking over from N. And she's now done two. In fact, she's done third one. So okay. P, P has been or is being produced, recorded as we speak. And I think we'll probably right. be on telly by the end of the year. Oh, we should have went to the f- filming of that, shouldn't we? Well, if it hasn't been filmed properly yet, we okay. should, we'll should try and find tickets and okay, go. We'll and then we it, can yeah. always go and give a little extra update at yeah, some yeah, point yeah. later on. Um, I, I like Sandy Toxvig. I, I do too. People are very sort of different about her. I oh, love her Great Bake Off. Oh, she's she's Bake Off, she's amazing with Noel Fielding, the yeah. new one. That's back soon. I've I not watched that, but... Bloody love that show. She's always good on the radio. She's all live radio yeah, for. I think yeah. I, I find her very witty, very smart, very kind of warm yeah. and affectionate as well. So it's, it's, she's a great fit for the show. She's doing a lot of uh, kids' TV in like the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, um, yeah. She's yeah. actually been around a lot longer than most people give her oh, credit for. Oh, big star, yeah. Um, so, uh, and we mentioned earlier that the No Such Thing as a Fish podcast um, is a sort of a podcast created by four of the researchers, the QI elves uh, of the show. Yeah. Um, and they bring a fact each week to the podcast and they discuss yeah. that and go off on different tangents as well. And, and you know, I think when you, if you ever listen to that podcast and get a chance, you'll know how off the wall the facts can be from QI. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just for me, for me, it's like you, you learn something. Like it's an easy enough thing to absorb, yeah. and you generally come away from it learning something new, or learn or, or relearning something you used to know yeah. that you thought was this, but turns out total nonsense. You were told that, and it's a complete and utter fabrication of the truth. The actual truth is this, and I kind of like that. Well, cause I remember listening to an episode of uh, No Such Thing as Fish where they said if you leave a fact long enough, if, if enough time passes. You um you'll learn that the facts that you gave in the earlier seasons are no longer true because as we as humanity evolves and the years pass, you find out more about how things work. So I think true. one of them was saying like in the early seasons, some of those facts no longer stand, even though the facts at the time quite, the facts yeah. at the time. I think that's the that's yeah. other key thing is that you'll notice at the end of this in the credits, yeah. uh, facts are all correct as of date of recording. Yeah, which you get a lot on shows now where the there's quiz uh, contestant questions yeah. for things. So quite often they now have to state that the answers um, were true at the time of recording yeah. because quite often. You know, let's say for example, World Cup's just been on. So, yeah. um, who, which country has won the most World Cups um, yeah. in history? Brazil, five, right? Yeah. But in thirty years' time, if another team comes along and wins like four or five, and then they suddenly be that will then be out of date. Yeah. Naturally, it's, or, it's just or it's something to do with sense. like just something that hasn't been discovered. But maybe it's like why do bees uh, go to this particular tree in the winter? It's be, and they say, oh. It's scientists believe it's because of this maybe science has learned something more and now the meanings change that is, or, that yeah. is sort of true but actually it's more true to say this instead yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely and and i think that's the beauty of it is that you're getting a bit of a snapshot in time with this yeah, show yeah. you're getting to know and learn things about the world in that moment mm-hmm. and it's, it's, and, and it's that quite interesting yeah well. and it's where you come away from a tv show being enriched not only from being entertained but you have some something you can take away and use it at a later date so mm. it's like giving you something so it's it's quite good in that way too absolutely so uh, any more guesses on this most frequent guest is it Ross Noble no he's quite low down actually oh is he yeah uh, okay one Ross more Noble. guess you'll kick yourself when I tell you is 
It. No, I don't know. Who is it? Bill Bailey. Oh, that makes sense. 53 appearances. That makes a lot of sense, okay. Yeah, yeah. He is always on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he is always on it. But there's quite a few people who have been on sort of like they thought of 40-odd times. Because, like, da- David Mitchell's been on it a ton of times, 40-something times, right, yeah. Right, okay. But 53 for Bill Bailey. Wow, okay. I could, well, let's put it this way. I couldn't find anyone that had more credits than Bill Bailey. Yeah, no, not, that makes sense. I'm not sure who's won the most episodes. It's probably Alan Davies by default because yeah, he's been yeah, on yeah. everything, but... Um, I really enjoyed this. I, I, was, I know I did I, as well, yeah. I was surprised to know it was only 15 years old. I thought it was older than that. Right, okay. But it makes sense that we're only, we're, only on se- we're only on season 15, yeah. season 16 on the way. Um, so we're on season 18 now, so 15 years old. Yeah, about right, really. Roughly one yeah. a year. I still think it was a little bit more vulgar than I, than I expected. Like, um, Obviously, agree. I'm not like adverse to that, but I was like, this is QI. I'm, I'm not used to it being mm. like this. Um, so I was quite surprised by some of those elements. Yeah. Um, quite blue in in in, in some ways. Um, but I, li- I kind of like also the the audacity to do something like that with this new show, which is supposed yeah. to be highbrow, as I say, and and sort of intellectual, but it's also got no no worries about being a little bit cheeky and a bit rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite like that. Yeah. It's maybe a little bit endearing about it. But yeah, likewise, I was slightly surprised when I was like, oh blimey. <laughs> I don't remember it being this rash from the start. Yeah, it really was. But uh, there we go. Right, so we score. Let's give it a score. score. So Robot Wars first. Okay, I'll go first because it was my Mm -hmm. choice. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think it's of its time, obviously. And I think I was surprised by the fact that I liked Jeremy Clarkson in this. Would you pause for a pee? Would I pause for a pee? No, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I'll just keep it going. Keep it going. going Come back. Yeah. Haven't missed much. Um, would I recommend it to people? Probably not. No? I'm talking myself out of giving this a decent score. Okay. I am giving this a five and a half. You're going to give it a five and a half? Yeah. Well, I wrote down a six. Okay. But I might give it six and a half. Ah, okay. I'm going to give it a six and a half. I'm going to nudge it up a little bit. I, I didn't really give Jeremy Clarkson as much love in my re- note as I thought, actually. I, I really did enjoy it. Being hosted by him, I think it worked really well. Yeah. Um, he was six, surprisingly six good. Yeah. Six and a half. Okay. Five and a half, six and a half, that's 12. That's 12. It's all right. Yeah. It's not great, that's all but it deserves, it's... Really. it's yeah. I know it's my, it was my show and I meant to fight for it, but I can't really fight for something. Sometimes you throw something in there thinking it's going to be yeah. really great and it just doesn't quite live up to that expectation. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. 12... And for me, it started really with Craig Charles, so... I think as well. It's, uh, we've said this a lot about other shows. When you know what where it goes, yeah. it's hard to sometimes think this is really good because you know it gets better. Yeah, it was just fine. It'd be impossible to give point. this an eighteen out of twenty. Yeah, knowing full well that it only gets better. Yeah, yeah, as time exactly. goes on, um, it's down with the likes of the IT crowd, friends. Everybody loves Raymond MacGyver and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, okay. But. What are we going to give? give QI? Okay, you go um, first. I was quite harsh on this when I wrote a number down. I can't believe okay. I wrote such a low number. But I'm going to I'm gonna up it a little bit. Um, okay. I'm going to go to a seven. Oh, so you gave it a six before. I gave it a five. Wow. I don't know what I did there. Okay. Maybe it just wasn't... So you're giving it a I'm gonna give it a seven. seven. Um, I'm going to give it a 5.5. Okay. Um... I just I don't I don't think it found its feet yet. Um, Agreed. And I think it does get better. Agreed. And 
I don't think the facts were that good either if it's for the first episode. Oh, I think they were too worried about making sure that it just flowed and was... Yeah. Th- that it was smooth rather than actually the content as such to... Yeah. yeah. I think they could, and they probably do in latter episodes, focus more on actually the content being sharper yeah. and better. I thought the guests were good. I like, I like Danny Baker and yeah. John Sessions, but... So just a bit above, 12 and a half for QI. Okay. So just a narrow victory for the Jellyman. Um, it goes alongside the Great British Bake Off, which right. is coincidence because yeah. it's Sandy Toxic. Uh, Pugwall, and if you've not seen Pugwall before, uh, Jed recommends it. That's on uh, Take 9. Uh, yeah, and CSI Las Vegas got a 12.5 as oh, well. Okay, I thought we gave it higher. No, we didn't. Okay, so we need to think about what we're doing next week. Is it me first or you first? Technically, it's me first. Okay. Um, I don't know. I I fancy doing something new. And you know what? As soon as I say that, I have just seen an advert only today for a show that's... Is this sex... Like, I can't... No, it's not. not, That's not new, is it? Okay. I think this is probably out in America already because of the channel it's landing on in the UK. It's on E4. Oh, God. It could be awful. You're right. It could be awful. I'm throwing a wild card in here. Is this like Vampire Diaries or something? No. (laughs) Krypton. See, now that's something I want to see. Out of curiosity, is it any good? I don't know. Okay. I I believe, as we sit here today, I think it airs either tonight, as we're recording this, or next Sunday. And that's like Superman, but without Superman, right? Well, yeah, it's it's Krypton after Kal-El goes to Earth, I believe. It's everything but Superman. Yes. This could be a complete disaster. Well, it could be, or it could be great, like I think Gotham is about Batman. So, that's true. Shrinks and roundabouts. But we've done Gotham, so you can't pick that. Okay. What are you putting against Krypton? Well, I'm a bit scared now, because you just threw your notebook at me. Throwing my notebook (laughs) to try and take you down. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, there's there's a couple of obvious things we could do there. Go on. There's the E4 stalwart, which is Smallville, which is the story of Superman growing up. There's that. There's also The Adventures of Lois and Clark, which was uh, BBC in the 90s with Terry Hatcher as uh, Lois Lane. Don't Don't remember that. Um, Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. um, Or you can go for non-Superman. You can go down to something else. Another origin story, maybe, or another another spin-off. There's another superhero spin-off, maybe. I mean, Smallville works, in fairness. I kind of like the idea of that. Do you know what? I've never seen Smallville. Okay. Let's do small. I've never seen it. I hear good things. It's very rare that you've not seen something, yeah. mate. So, and a friend of mine went out with uh, the guy that plays Superman. Oh. In it, so I can ask her some questions. Maybe ha- I was going to say have an interview with her, but maybe not. Let's not get the lawyers involved again, yeah, mate. Let's yeah. not get the lawyers involved. Okay, <laughs> Krypton versus Smallville. Yeah. All right. Nice. Okay. Super week. Okay, I'm going I'm to speak to my friend who went out with him for some stories. Okay. And I'll report back and then with report stories. What, what you can actually tell us. Yeah. Because he's in Lucifer now. Um, oh, Lucifer. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll save Lucifer because I really love Lucifer. Okay. On the list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is just getting more interesting by the week, Jed. Yeah. Oh, More interesting. Right, listen, we've okay. got to hurry up and shut up because we yeah, need to yeah. go outside in the car park and have our robot war off. Okay, let's do that. Out in the car park. We have to bring so, a recorder. Yep. Yeah, um, if anyone wants to get in touch with us on Twitter, you're very welcome to do so. Uh, your suggestions are very welcome for other shows to watch. Jed Shepherd? I'm on Twitter at the real Donald Trump. You can find <laughs> me. <laughs> Just give me abuse all you want there. 
Or if you want to say nice things, catch me at Jed Shepherd, J E D S H E P H E R D. And I am simply on Twitter at the Jellyman. That's T H E Jellyman. Yeah. Uh, so tweet us your suggestions uh, if you agree or disagree with any of our thoughts on previous episodes as well. You're very welcome to chuck them our way. If you haven't uh, subscribed on iTunes as well or rated and reviewed. Please do. We'd very much like that. Um, don't even have to write words in the review. Just put a poo emoji. It'll confuse Apple. No end. Yep. And uh, that just leaves me to say, see you later, alligator. I'll see you outside, mofo. Let's do it. Fight. Die.